This podcast details true crime cases. It contains adult themes and may contain descriptions of violence. It is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Once Upon a Crime. We're in the series Fast Food Felonies. And the last two episodes have detailed cases of serial killers who were connected to fast food restaurants. Those were two pretty grim stories. So I thought we'd take a little bit of a break for murder this week to tell a different kind of story. This incident happened in my hometown of San Jose, California, and was a truly bizarre case. It started out as a story of a person who became ill due to, let's say, a contaminated food item, but quickly turned into something completely different. How the story unfolded, and then how it unraveled, became fodder for television news programs, late-night television talk shows, and even comedians. This is Chapter 3 of Fast Food Felonies, The Wendy's Chili Finger Scam. On March 22, 2005, Anna Ayala and her husband, Jaime Placencia, were having dinner with his family at a Wendy's fast food restaurant in San Jose, California. Ayala and her husband lived in Las Vegas, Nevada, but during a trip to visit family, had decided to make a stop to eat a quick meal. One of Placencia's brothers went to the counter and ordered the food, while the rest of the family sought out tables in the restaurant's dining room. Since there were six of them, they spread out over two tables, with Ayala seated with her mother-in-law and brother-in-law, and her husband seated with his father and another brother. Ayala had ordered a cup of Wendy's chili, a hot food item made with beans, ground beef, tomatoes, and spices. She began eating, and moments later, coughed and spat out her food. She pointed out an item at the bottom of the chili cup to her brother-in-law, who was sitting closest to her. They inspected what looked like a strangely shaped piece of meat. Ayala said she had bitten into it, but she had spit it back into the cup. As she and her family members looked closer, they noticed that a nail was attached to the suspect item in the cup. A fingernail. The strange piece of meat appeared to be a piece of a human finger. Ayala's father-in-law excused himself to go to the restroom, where he vomited. The restaurant manager was called over and informed of the find. Soon afterwards, Ayala called the police in order to make a report. They arrived and took statements from Ayala, her family, and restaurant employees. They also assessed Ayala to see if she needed medical attention. She reported to police that she had vomited after spitting out the finger, but she did not appear to be ill. The police took possession of the chili cup with the offending item as evidence and turned it over to the Santa Clara County Coroner's Office for forensic analysis. In the days after the discovery, the San Jose police conducted a series of interviews with Wendy's employees and Ayala's family members. Ayala had since returned home to Las Vegas, where she had retained an attorney who contacted Wendy's to inform the company that his client planned to sue. At this point, the media picked up the story. As you can imagine, people were shocked, horrified, and sickened by the idea that part of a human digit had been discovered in a fast food meal item. After the story hit the news, people began avoiding eating out and Wendy's restaurants lost a significant amount of business. Some began to recall 
the terrible E. coli outbreak of 1992 that had sickened many people and had tragically even taken a few lives. The source of those illnesses was traced back to hamburger patties purchased from jack-in-the-box fast food restaurants in California and the Pacific Northwest. But by the time the source was discovered and the contaminated meat had been recalled, over 700 people fell ill, four had died, and over 170 were left with permanent injuries, including kidney and brain damage. So naturally, the public was concerned, and Wendy's was left trying to find an explanation for the contaminated chili and do damage control. The company rapidly began to lose customers and revenue. The publicity for the restaurant chain only worsened when Ayala appeared on Good Morning America with her attorney. The woman who says she found a finger in her bowl of chili at a Wendy's in San Jose, California. We turn now to Anna Ayala and her attorney, Jeffrey Janoff, from Mountain View, California. This discovery about your chili. Well, as I was eating my chili, and uh, I usually crack all my crackers and just put them in there, mix it all around, and started eating, eating and eating the way usually people eat. <laughs> And suddenly I uh, chew something that's kind of hard, crunchy, spit it out. At first I wasn't sure what it was. And uh, as we started investigating, poking it, other people too, that's when we find that there's something that looks like a nail. Um, Mr. Janoff, let me turn to you for a second. Yes. Wendy's has sent us a statement. Specifically in the statement, they say that the employee had more than 10 years of experience, uh, that no employees had suffered a hand or finger injury, and that their suppliers, who are required by law to maintain written records of accidents, say there were no reports of hand or finger injuries, so they would not have known either from their employees or the employees of the suppliers. They also say that they will continue to fully cooperate with local police, it is important to them to find out the truth. Is that enough for you? Well, that's, that's good to hear. I think that's a good start. But obviously, and I think their spokesman also said, this is not a 100% system. Obviously, something slipped through, uh, to put it lightly. At the same time, police were investigating Ayala's claim. They had suspicions from the beginning. She had told police that she'd vomited soon after eating the chili. But they had found no evidence of that when they had arrived at the restaurant. Her family members had been interviewed, but none of them had witnessed Ayala bite into or spit out the finger. They had only seen the object after she'd pointed it out to them in the cup. No one had witnessed her vomiting. Her mother and father-in-law said that they had witnessed her, quote, spit into the cup, but had not seen what it was. Her mother-in-law said she observed Ayala begin to gag, but not actually get sick. The restaurant also conducted its own investigation, examining the kitchen and all its contents, but nothing was found. They told investigators that no one on their staff had any injuries, so they had no idea where the finger could have come from. Wendy's called in all employees of the restaurant Ayala had visited for questioning at their headquarters. They were interviewed one by one, and every employee denied any involvement or knowledge of the finger that had been found in the chili. Each of the employees also voluntarily took a voice stress analyzer test for the San Jose PD. This test is used to help determine whether a person is being truthful when giving a statement. The results indicated that all the Wendy's employees were being truthful when they denied any knowledge of how the finger could have gotten into the chili. 
the investigation was taken even wider to find out if an accident had happened at any food processing plant that Wendy's used as a supplier. The California Department of Health found no contaminations or accidents reported in any Wendy's facilities or food processing plants associated with the chain. But a discovery was made when investigators began looking into the complainant's background. This was not Anna Ayala's first personal injury claim. In fact, she had a history of filing civil claims. No less than 13 civil actions involving Ayala or her dependents were discovered. San Jose police detectives found Anna Ayala's claim that she had bitten into a piece of a human finger while eating chili at Wendy's suspicious. They turned over the one-and-a-half-inch digit to the Santa Clara County Coroner's Office for testing, and a forensic pathologist and food expert was then consulted by the coroner's office. The pathologist determined that while the finger had been cooked, it had not been cooked to 170 degrees for the required three hours as per Wendy's policy for its chili. By doing a traceback on the food products used by Wendy's, investigators had already determined that no contamination or accidents had been reported at any of their facilities. But they still had not determined where the finger could have originated. Then investigators looked into Anna Ayala's background and discovered that she had filed several civil lawsuits against various parties over the years. Thirteen civil actions had been filed in both California and Nevada by Ayala. As far as 1998, Ayala had brought a lawsuit against the San Jose-based weekly newspaper claiming sexual harassment. The case was later dropped. In the year 2000, she'd filed a suit against the San Jose car dealership, General Motors Corporation, and Goodyear Tire Company, claiming that the wheel fell off her car, and claiming injury, I would assume. The court dismissed the suit with prejudice, meaning that the suit was dismissed permanently and could not be refiled again. The dismissal came after Ayala fired her attorney and failed to show up to court or submit required paperwork. Then in 2004, Ayala filed a lawsuit against the fast food restaurant chain El Pollo Loco. She claimed her daughter had contracted salmonella poisoning after eating at one of their restaurants in Las Vegas. She reported that she was awarded $30,000 by the restaurant for medical expenses. But a spokesperson for the restaurant disputed this, saying that the company had reviewed Ayala's claim but had not paid her any money. Apparently, other suits Ayala had filed were settled out of court for unknown amounts. There was a continued interest and debate in the media about the Wendy's Chili Finger incident. It was a story that had caught the public's attention, and Ayala sustained that attention by appearing on Good Morning America and other news outlets. San Jose investigators traveled to Las Vegas on April 14th to interview Ayala. When they arrived, she refused to speak to them. A search warrant was issued a few days later, and Las Vegas Metropolitan Police searched her home, although what they were searching for, or what was found, was not released to the public. She had claimed in the media that the police had used force and had treated her and her family, quote, like terrorists. Neighbors who were present at the time disputed this. On April 21st, Las Vegas police arrested Anna Ayala and charged her with felony attempted grand larceny for what they alleged was a fraudulent claim against Wendy's restaurant, as well as grand theft. 
The grand theft charge was added in connection with another scam Ayala had allegedly ran in San Jose. In 2002, she agreed to sell a mobile home to a woman named Bertha Davila. They made an agreement for Davila to purchase the property located on Center Road in East San Jose for $52,000. Ayala told the buyer that she was selling it because she was moving to Las Vegas. Davila put down $11,000 cash, and then Ayala took the woman to a real estate agent to have the real estate transaction documents drawn up. Davila's first language is Spanish, and Ayala served as the interpreter during the transaction. Davila took home the documents to sign and then gave them to Ayala, who said she would return them to the real estate agent. In October 2002, Davila and her family moved into the mobile home. Shortly after moving in, she received a phone call from the finance company informing her that the mobile home was in default and that she had three days to vacate the property. Davila then contacted the real estate agent who had conducted the transaction, but she was told that on the day she had met with her and Ayala at her office, she had informed them that Davila would not be able to purchase the mobile home. Ayala had not translated that information to her. She had no choice but to vacate the mobile home, and she and her family had to quickly find another living situation. Davila had been unable to reach Ayala as she had already moved to Las Vegas. It wasn't until the following year that she found out where Ayala was living and traveled to Las Vegas to confront her. Ayala, she claims, refused to return her money or discuss the matter with her. A report was filed with the police. Investigators turned up this complaint while looking into Ayala's past and her recent claim. They discovered that she had never owned the mobile home in the first place. It had been owned by a boyfriend. Therefore, sale of the home to Davilak constituted fraud, and Ayala was charged with grand theft for the $11,000 she received as a down payment on the property. Investigators had definitively determined that the finger had not been cooked in the chili and could not have been found in her food order to be consumed as Ayala had claimed. The detectives were convinced that she had placed the finger in the chili herself in order to defraud the restaurant chain for a cash settlement but she had not expected the media interest in the case or the thoroughness of the San Jose police investigation. Ayala was charged with grand larceny for causing more than $2.5 million in losses to Wendy's in sales after her gruesome claim of contaminated food. The day after Ayala's arrest, Wendy's San Jose franchise holder, Joseph Desmond, appealed to the public to return to the restaurant. He explained that Wendy's had always been, and continued to be, a safe place to eat. As an incentive, he offered a free Frosty, the chain's signature frozen dairy dessert, with any purchase at the restaurant, an offer that was good throughout that weekend. Some loyal customers returned to Wendy's, including several San Jose State University students who were filmed enjoying their hamburgers, fries, and Frosties. San Jose police have arrested a woman who claims she found a finger in a bowl of Wendy's chili. She's facing grand theft charges. NBC 11's Barbara Dell joins us live in San Jose. Bob, police will reveal details about their investigation this afternoon. That's correct, Laura. Yes, at a news conference that is scheduled for 1 o'clock this afternoon. First, something we want to show you, a mugshot of Anna Ayala. Right now, she is behind bars in her hometown of Las Vegas. Customers at this Wendy's in San Jose where that chili finger was allegedly found couldn't be happier. Wow. <laughs> 
Customers applauded when they heard the news. Last night, police arrested Anna Ayala at her home in Las Vegas and put her into jail without bail for grand theft and attempted grand theft. San Jose police says they will explain those charges at a news conference later this afternoon, as well as results from a DNA test on the finger. They still don't know who it belongs to. It was a month ago that Ayala claimed that she found a one-and-a-half-inch-long finger in her chili at this Wendy's at Monterey and Alma in San Jose. Her story became suspicious when no one associated with the fast food chain was missing a digit. And then when Ayala dropped her plans to sue the fast food chain. In the meantime, Wendy's is trying to restore its image and bring back lost business. The company sent out one of its executives to the Bay Area yesterday to assure customers that their food is safe. We have uh, talked to our employees. They have taken lie detector tests and they have passed them. We have done a complete analysis of our supply chain and we have tracked the product that was the ingredients of the chili. We have tracked it all the way back to the suppliers, all the way back to the day it was manufactured. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> These college students don't need convincing. They came to the restaurant where the finger was allegedly found specifically to eat the chili and to drop off a card of support for employees. It says, um, thanks for the classic triple. You guys have a great chili, frosties and fries. Thank you guys for your yummy food. I love all of the yellow. Um, thank you for the great food and service. You are the best. I hope uh, business picks up at the store. We love you, Wendy's. Hang in there and keep the serving awesome food. Okay. Anna Ayala's first court appearance in Las Vegas is scheduled for Tuesday. Police here don't know when it will be that she'll arrive back here in San Jose to face those charges. Reporting live in San Jose, Bob Riddell, NBC 11 News. Now Ayala became a running joke on late-night television. The story was even mentioned by Jon Stewart on The Daily Show's monologue. I wanted to tell you about this public interest story that we heard. Uh, we don't normally discuss stories like this, but have you heard about there's a woman that found a fingertip in her uh, chili at Wendy's? Uh, if you didn't hear about it, um, this woman found a fingertip in her chili at Wendy's. It's really not a complicated story. Uh, really, that, uh, that slug line pretty much tells you all you need to know. Anyway, it, it became sort of a mystery. Uh, another woman has stepped forward today, and she has said she believes it may be her finger. Uh, apparently, I guess, saw it in the paper and went, oh, yeah, what the um, But apparently, the woman said last month, and, and, and this is apparently true, that last month, uh, her finger had been bitten off by a leopard. And I guess... The leopard then went to Wendy's. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how it actually happened, but uh, for those of you at home who have been playing our random word news trifecta game, uh, if you had uh, leopard chili fingertip, <laughs> you're a winner. Kudos. While many saw the Wendy's chili finger incident as a humorous news item, the Wendy's Corporation and its employees had felt the sting of Ayala's deception deeply. The corporation expanded the free Frosty offer, announcing that anyone could come to any Wendy's restaurant nationwide between May 13th and May 15th and receive a free junior-sized Frosty with no purchase necessary. The hope was to draw in new customers or entice back former customers. Across the country, the chain's restaurants had lost business, which in turn caused many employees' hours to be cut, resulting in loss of income. Investigators still hadn't been able to discover where the finger had originated. A DNA test was even done to determine whether the finger might have belonged to a Nevada woman 
who on February 23rd of the same year had her finger bitten off by a leopard that she kept as a pet on her rural property. It wasn't a match. The mystery was finally solved shortly after Ayala's arrest, when an anonymous tip was left on a Wendy's hotline. A week earlier, Wendy's corporate office had increased a reward for leads in finding the finger's original owner from $50,000 to $100,000. Police announced that the finger belonged to Brian Rossiter, an associate of Jaime Placentia, Ayala's husband. The story emerged that Rossiter, who owed a $50 debt to Placentia, agreed to sell his severed fingertip for $100. Rossiter had lost the digit in an industrial accident at an asphalt company in December 2004. Rossiter claimed to not know about the scam the couple was planning. He also told investigators that once the story hit the news, the couple had offered him $250,000 to keep quiet about the purchase of the fingertip. The jig was now up. Investigators theorized that together, Ayala and her husband cooked up the plot. Oops, pardon the pun. To defraud the restaurant. She may have picked Wendy's because they offered the chili side dish on their menu, an item where the appendage could easily be hidden. Authorities now also charged Placencia with grand larceny. Both were booked into the Santa Clara County Jail. On September 9th, after charges were reduced from grand larceny to conspiring to file a false claim and attempted grand theft, both Ayala and her husband pled guilty. They apologized in court and afterwards received their sentence from the judge. Jaime Placencia received a sentence of 12 years, 4 months, and Ana Ayala was sentenced to 9 years. The judge also ordered the couple to pay $21 million in restitution to Wendy's. Wendy's company officials, realizing the convicted couple had no way to pay out millions of dollars, said they intended to seek approximately $170,000 in restitution to make up for the wages lost by their employees. They would not pursue the $21 million, provided Ayala and Placencia didn't try to pursue a book or movie deal about their experiences. Before their sentencing, some Wendy's employees testified, including Hector Pineda, the man who'd been responsible for making the chili. I felt so bad for the fear of what people would think of me, Pineda told the court. The prosecutor pointed out the irony of Ayala seeking media attention after making her false claim. David Boyd told the press, She went on Good Morning America with her attorney to say how horrible it was. She'd claimed that after biting into the finger, she hadn't been able to eat or sleep. These statements had a direct impact on Wendy's sales. Because of the harm to the company's profits, the prosecutor explained, Ayala received a much stiffer sentence. Ayala would later appeal her sentence because the extra five years the judge added due to aggravating circumstances did not comply with the law. The appeals court agreed, and her sentence was reduced to five years. After four years, Ana Ayala was released from prison and returned to live in San Jose. Not long after her release, she was back in the media spotlight, granting interviews about her case and her time in prison. She had also given interviews while in prison. While still incarcerated, she blamed her husband for the plot, said that Rossiter knew about the plan and should have also been charged, and admitted that she'd brought the finger with her to Wendy's and had pretended to spit it out. However, she also said that Wendy's hadn't been specifically targeted and that, quote, it wasn't planned, 
it was just something that happened, unquote. But once out of prison, Ayala admitted more of the plan and her part in it. Giving an on-camera interview to reporter Joe Vasquez of CBS 5 News, she admitted for the first time, quote, I cooked it. She admitted cooking the finger at her home in Las Vegas, in Chile. She used Wendy's recipe and cooked the finger into the dish to make sure that, if it was analyzed, it would appear that the contamination had happened in the restaurant's kitchen. Of course, she didn't know at what temperature or for how long Wendy's cooked their chili, which would be her undoing. After preparing the fingertip, she placed it in her freezer and left to Mexico for a vacation. When asked by Vasquez if her actions seemed wrong or bothered her conscience, Ayala answered, It's nasty, sick. What was I thinking? Wow. She went on to tell the reporter that she was ridiculed while in prison. The other inmates gave her the nickname of Finger Lady, which embarrassed her. At the time of her interview, her husband was still in prison, serving his 12-year sentence. Ayala said that they were, quote, no longer a couple. Had she been back to Wendy's since she was released from prison, Vasquez asked. No, I can't go there, Ayala explained. I've been banned for life. But Anna Ayala's time in the limelight, or in the slammer, wasn't over. In October of 2013, San Jose police were called to a home where Anna Ayala reported her son, Guadalupe Jr. Reyes, age 26, had been shot in the ankle. Reyes would report that he'd been attacked by two men, quote, for no rhyme or reason, unquote. Ayala described the shooter as a big man with a goatee, abnormally large ears, and wearing a black Oakland A's cap and Air Jordan sneakers. He was riding a bicycle. Reyes and Ayala gave officers the name of the man, and then Reyes was transported to the hospital for treatment. But investigators reached a dead end when they tried to find the person Ayala had described. They returned to ask her for more details, at which time Ayala backed off from the point of description she'd given the police. Suddenly, she didn't seem to remember many details. Investigators became suspicious, so they pulled her son in to the station for questioning. Before long, Reyes cracked and told police that, in fact, there had been no attackers. Reyes had shot himself in the ankle accidentally, and his mother had come up with the story to tell police because he was on parole for a felony burglary conviction and was prohibited from possessing a firearm. Both he and Ayala were arrested and booked into jail on a $150,000 bond. Ayala agreed to admit her guilt in exchange for a reduced sentence. She could have been given four years and eight months, but she pled no contest to being an accessory to a felony, filing a false police report, and being a felon in possession of a firearm. The last charge was filed because it was believed she'd helped her son dispose of the weapon, which was never found. For her plea, she was given two years in state prison. Her son would also receive two years. Ayala and her son have since been released and still live in the San Jose area. A while back, Ayala, never shy about her past, posted the description of, quote, crazy finger lady on her Facebook page. She seems to have taken her past and tried to spin it to a more positive light. Her most recent Facebook profile includes this statement. What happened in 2005 was the biggest, 
baddest question mark that happened in my life. I'm sorry for the damages I was in. I did the time and it's in the past, and I never look back. Now I want all the teens and young adults out in the world to know you do have two roads to take the good one and the bad one. If you take the bad one, you will end up dead or in prison. So think, use the brain God gave you. Stay in school and take the good road to a very good life full of goodness. Bless you all. The spelling, punctuation, and grammar are atrocious, but I must say, her words and sentiment seem sincere. That will do it for this episode of Once Upon a Crime. Our West Coast listener meetup is coming up, and I'll give you all the details in just a minute. But first, it's the end of the month, so that means it's time for Patreon shoutouts and announcements of our monthly prize winner. The newest Patreon supporters who have pledged at our highest level, the $10 pure metalhead level, are Nicole Nimella, Crystal Terry, Cindy Goldman, Allison Bone, and Rachel Franzen. Thank you all so much for your support. It really does mean the world to me. Now it's time for a monthly drawing. A name was randomly picked from all Patreon supporters. This month, the lucky winner will receive a copy of the Serial Killer Coloring Book featuring some of the subjects from OUAC episodes for you to color, including Issei Sagawa, Mary Bell, Richard Ramirez, and more. They will also receive a signed collector's copy of Entertainment Weekly magazine containing the Rebecca Schaefer article that featured Once Upon a Crime. And they'll get some OUAC swag. And the winner is... Kimberly White from Carmichael, California. Congratulations, Kimberly. That prize pack will be going out to you soon. Thanks so much for your continued support of the podcast. And if you can believe it, we're already on to a new series because October is upon us. I've been looking forward to this series all year, and I'm already knee-deep into the research. I can't wait to share it with you. This is going to be a real October surprise, and I think you're going to love it. You got to think fall, pumpkins, ghosts and goblins, real monsters, and Halloween all rolled into one great series. Make sure to subscribe so you definitely don't miss it. Until next time, be good to one another. Thank you.